Welcome to the Undraped Artist Podcast. You should know that this episode was also recorded in video and can be watched on our website at theundrapedartist.com and also on YouTube at the Undraped Artist Podcast. Also, check out our show notes to learn more about today's guest. I hope you enjoy the show. Shana Levinson, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So we, of course, know each other. We've known each other for I don't know how many years. When did we meet? Maybe five, six years ago or something? Yeah, Portrait Society. Portrait Society. That seems like where I meet everybody. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I think your work is absolutely beautiful, which is why I've invited you on the show. But I'm particularly interested in what you're doing now. And we're going to get to that. Um, I love the stuff you're doing now with the balloons and the flowers and and so on. Thank you. Um, but before we get into that, I really want to learn about where you came from and your story, how you ended up in the arts. Uh, so I grew up in Austin, Texas, and um, I have an older brother who was always drawing. Therefore, I was always drawing. He had a cartoon strip. And so I started drawing cartoons. I had my own cartoon character. Her name was Peanut Head. It was very professional. <laughs> That's gold. <laughs> yeah. And so I, um, I was just drawing all the time. I was doing like the Escher, the hands, you know, drawing. I loved drawing hands. I, I was, you know, I never thought of it. My brother was the artist and I was the athlete. So I never really did anything with it until uh, my, in high school, I finally decided to join an art class uh, my junior year and I had to bring in a portfolio and thankfully I was always sketching. I was the, my basketball team's um, uh, cartoonist. So I did all the signs for us. I did the caricatures of all of my friends. I did all the t-shirts. Uh, I also played basketball. So I would, you know, but oh, I, I did all the, the art. Was. Yeah. Basketball. Yeah. yeah okay. Big time. Um, and so I, I was like, I need to, you know, I knew I was gonna go to school for fashion design and I thought, well, I should get my drawing going. So, um, I started taking art classes. I got into the art class, thankfully. Um, I feel like I started a little late and, um, went to school for fashion design at the university of Texas. Um, and then eventually started moving around with my ex-husband in the military um, and started taking art classes everywhere we moved, if they had them. Knowing just like that private, eventually... private classes, like workshops? I mean, what kind of classes? So I would take them at the community college, oh, okay. or if they had like group classes anywhere, and they were random things. They were like still life classes. They were just, ra I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. I just knew I, I loved painting and drawing and I was experimenting with all sorts of mediums. Um, yeah, I didn't really, I knew that I eventually, I wanted to get my master's when we moved to Albuquerque, uh, cause that's where he was in the, in the air national guard. And so when we moved here, um, I started taking classes at the university of New Mexico and just to get hours to apply for my master's. And, um, then I had two kids and, uh, I knew that I still wanted to do art. So I found the Academy of Art in San Francisco and uh, applied in the illustration program because I actually wanted to write and illustrate children's books. 
Hmm. So that's kind of where my my initial passion came in, um, to knowing what, what I was going to eventually do. I thought I was going to eventually do and started uh, in a chiaroscuro class and fell in love with traditional arts, switched it over to fine arts, got divorced in the middle of my master's and um, realized I got to make this happen. <laughs> wow. I got to take, you know, take care of my family and be an artist. So, um, yeah. And that's what every divorcee thinks. It's like, shoot, I got to take care of a family. Why don't I? try the most unstable career possible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, so I, 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 I thankfully my ex-husband finished paying for my master's. It was very nice of him to do. And I, the way I started making money at first was I was teaching little kids art classes and doing summer camps and, you know, trying to make money, having kids come after school. Cause there's no, really no after school art classes in New Mexico. And that was stable enough. And I was trying to sell cheap commissions, you know, anything you can do to survive. And then eventually my work started selling and I stopped teaching kids, started teaching teens, built a little more confidence teaching, then went to adults, you know, no more kids and teens, um, unless like they take a workshop or something, if a teen is, you know, qualified to take a workshop. But um, yeah, and thankfully, since, you know, I graduated in 2015 from uh, my MFA at the Academy of Art. And um, I, I, I would say that I could survivably live selling artwork over the past four years now, th three or four years. Wow. I, wow. So this is all pretty recent. I mean, by some people's standards, by, by an old guy like me's yeah. standards. No, so, absolutely. Yeah, I, I didn't I realize. I'm, I'm still very new in the art world. You know, I started my master's in 2011. Okay. And everything everything from that point on was kind of self-taught outside of random classes I took here and there. You know, and I lived in Arizona. I went to the Glendale Community College and took beginning drawing. You know what I mean? I it was uh, and it was like they didn't even have life models. We were doing like the book from the left side of the drawing from the left side of the brain. So it was very right. basic stuff. At what point, if at all, did you study with really good painters? I mean, I don't know. Maybe there were really great painters at the community college. Oh, yeah. The Academy of Art had great instructors. Oh, you know? did it? Um, I, yeah. I don't know if you know Rachel Mosley. That sounds familiar. Yeah. So um, she was one of my professors. Now we're actually really good friends. Um, Kevin Moore, he's a very, you know, different painter than my, how I paint, but great artist. Um and now you're going to test me. I um, had so many artists that I, I, um, I can't think of his name and he has twin twins. Um, anyway, great artist. I'm the same way. Yeah. yeah. I'm going I'm to think of it like when we're done with this, I'm going to be like, <laughs> Oh my God, we are these people. Anyway. So no, I had, I loved studying at the Academy of art because it was actually artists showing in galleries. And, really? Yeah. And I thought that was uh, very inspiring for me. And it was the type of program that helped me find my voice in my work and really wanted you to push, push yourself outside of um, your comfort zone. And they supported figurative art. And that's what I wanted to do. Um, and it was so, nearby where you lived. No, I did it through correspondence because I had a one and two year old. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So I had to, I had, I hired babysitters during the day. So that way I could go into my studio and make it a job. You know, for me, the master, having a master's taught me so many things. I, I was able to get into a community of, of artists because I didn't, wasn't friends with any artists in Albuquerque. 
and started meeting people and learning how to have, you know, good conversations about art and studying art. And um, it also gave me routine. It taught me a routine of getting up in the morning, going to the studio and making it a, a, a business and making it a job. Yeah. So I was trying, you know, I was in a world of friends who were lawyers. You know, I was a stay-at-home mom. I, I didn't have, I didn't grow up in a in the world of of learning art or in a traditional way of learning art so i just was kind of um figuring it out you know googling as much as i could artists that inspired my work going to santa fe to look at the galleries to see what art was showing um finding those artists seeing if they were teaching you know whatever the whatever i could do to learn and figure out how to make this a, a career so um yeah, I think uh, it was inspiring to have, you know, learn from instructors at the Academy of Art who were actually making it happen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I assumed you moved up there, but so you did this all online. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it was really great. It was it was kind of the first Zoom, you know, I mean, they have a great program online. They have, they send out great, they have great photos, they have great video footage, they have Everything you can ask ask for, I think that they, you know, is what people were doing during COVID of teaching online is kind of what taught me about when teaching online when COVID happened. I was like, okay, this is what the Academy of Art did when I was taking classes online. This is how we can make this happen. Yeah, that's fascinating. I'm, I mean, it's great to hear a positive report of online teaching because I don't know if you realize, but I just started teaching online last year, last November. So I'll have to pick your brain a little more off camera on how they did that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, because just see if I can learn anything um, about how to better that, better the online program. So, okay, so I met you at the Porch Society, and when did you connect with that group? So I bravely made the decision in 2014 to like go to the Porch Society conference, not knowing a single person. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I really, if I'm going to make this happen, I need to dive in and kind of meet these people that I've, you know, kind of been looking at their work. And um, I will never forget, I uh, used to follow, well, some of the first people I remember following or looking at their website was Judy Takis. I think I'm saying her last name right. I don't know. Um, and I, I, I adore her. Do you, mm -hmm. you know her work? Yes? I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's always at Portrait Society. I mm -hmm. love her. So um, I was like, I immediately went there. I bought her book because she did that, you know, Chicks with Balls. <laughs> I bought her book. I found her in the room. I met her and I had her sign it. And she was like, you're the first person who's ever asked me to sign a book. No way. And, uh, yeah. And she was just so sweet. She introduced me to tons of people. Um, I met David that time at that at that conference um david Cassin, yeah, for just, those who don't know that's your husband Cassin. yeah <laughs> and um it was uh eye-opening i mean i was so inspired to meet all these people i was ready to go home and and uh keep working and, and then have you been back every year since every year since this is going to be this next year's the first year we're not going to be going because what <laughs> david and i i know David and I are teaching in Rome. Oh, well, you know, that's, yeah, I guess that's forgivable, <laughs> man. That's exciting. Yeah. So you're, you're relatively new in this career. I mean, sev to some people, seven years is a long time, but to some it's fairly new. So um, 
but your work has evolved a lot in that seven years. So I'm curious, I mean, that's brave to kind of evolve so quickly in seven years when you're first starting out. So tell me a little bit about that process, um, about, you know, that road that you took as you've evolved as an artist. Yeah. Um, a lot of hours. I am a, I'm a very dedicated studio worker. People always tell me I paint fast, but I think I paint focused. Um, I know that I have a finite amount of time in the studio, especially with kids, as I'm sure you realize, um, you yeah. know, having kids, your, uh, your kids are older though. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a luck. I mean, lucky, I guess. Uh, well, definitely lucky. My wife is a stay home mom, so I don't have ex this exactly the same yeah. situation, but, but they homeschooled and actually homeschooled oh, in my okay. studio. So it was oh, a wow. little bit of a challenge, but it was also yeah. a blessing. So, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. But so I, you know, I wake up at five in the morning and I oh have my gosh. Years, yeah, to get into the studio to work. Uh, I also, I work out every day too, which is imp an important part of my painting process actually, because I get 90% of my ideas when I work out. Um, and it's good for my mental state to kind of do something a little different since I'm in the studio so much. But I would say it's just a lot of hours, a lot of trial and error. I mean, I look at my past work now, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, but you got to start somewhere, you know, you have to, you have to step from somewhere else. And I, the exciting part of that for me is like, oh my God, where's my work going to be five, 10, 15, 20 years from now, you know? And so um, a lot of the evolution has been not forced evolution. The first evolution was, you know, I used to paint with my children quite a bit yeah, and they were a big part of my story. And it was um, a little like, kind of like self portraits through my kids and their story. And um, due to personal situations, I wasn't able to paint them anymore. Uh, so I had to change my, my, the direction of my work, not necessarily not figurative anymore, but just I had to change the direction. And so therefore I, I, um, I went back into my uh, original love of fashion design and combined it with my love of, of fat, like Soroya and Sargent and how they painted fabrics. And there's a local lace designer here and started painting lace dresses on local uh female artists so i started off with like you know this new idea of exploring these detailed lace pieces on other women um, who are artists and then started you know doing painting them on myself and then it kind of evolved in this whole genre of lace work and then um you know then i went to detail with jewelry again still in the in the fashion realm but kind of wanting to portray women in this um, really strong way and using each piece as a little bit of a diary of my life through things I went through, whether I'm over, I overcame something from my past or I'm dealing something in my, few, in, in my current time or emotions that I'm going through. Each piece is a little bit of a story of my life in it, whether mm -hmm. it's known or not, whether people see it or not, it's uh, selfishly like writing in a diary, but through brushstrokes. And, um, and my, my recent work, um, well, and, and it's the recent work kind of came like with the balloon series I've been doing, uh, started during COVID because I wanted to create things that kind of, that brought joy to people. Yeah. And when I was a kid, birthdays were a huge deal for us in our house. And I, my parents would bring a balloon to me every day. I mean, it just brought such joy. And so I used to do that with my kids when they were little and it brought them such joy. And I thought, you know, hmm. balloons bring people so much joy. So I started doing these shaped balloons and it was um, nostalgic for people, I realized. 
and they loved having them. And so uh, that evolved into these mantra balloons. And I have to say the idea came from a person who contacted me asking me if I could do a word balloon of, of something for their daughter's bedroom. Uh, unfortunately, it was too expensive for her, but that stemmed an idea. And um, it made me realize like that words have power and I wanted to utilize that within my artwork in a positive way. Uh, meaning I wanted to use mantras that, that empowered people because I was doing all these female empowered work, but that I, now I wanted to do kind of um, more loving human empowered work. And so, you know, it started off with love and then I did hope and faith. And I have one collector that bought all three. Hmm. Actually, the collector bought love, hope, and then he commissioned faith because yeah, I think it's a, a Bible um, uh, verse. Is it a Bible verse? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not like versed on the Bible. <laughs> that says love, <laughs> hope, and faith. I'm not sure. Well, something within love, hope, and faith. Anyway, yeah. so he wanted that. Um, and um, and so I, I, he has him in this one huge room, and it's just exciting to have that. And so then I did boss, which is kind of empowering. And then uh, <clears throat> and then I wanted to push the comfort zone of something a little bit uh, poppier and um, more controversial. And so they did the effort balloon. <laughs> yeah, we're keeping it and clean. <laughs> it was, we're keeping it clean. And it was the largest painting I'd done to date. And, um, and I liked, I like creating work that creates that um, people talk about in a way where they like it or hate it. You know, they love it or hate it. Mm -hmm. um, either you love the word or you hate the word, but either way, I mean, no harm from it because for me, it's just to, to say, don't second guess yourself, you know, keep doing it. Yeah. And what I found these word balloons also were doing for me was, uh, my daughter and I were really bonding over it and she's been helping me come up with words. So right. we have, she has a whole list for me of, of things that her generation says, mm -hmm. you know, um, so I like the idea of creating stuff that people can look at and it makes them feel something, whether, you know, it's good or bad, but either way, I want to bring something, you know, a positive mantra and the, the love of like painting, juxtaposing the um, uh, artificiality of these, of the word balloons, you know, and words last long, longer than most things, you know, so yeah. therefore my life longer than most things like, last forever. It's artificial against the um, delicacy uh, and actually softer painted flowers. So I want the flowers to be softer and a little bit, you know, more pushed back and the word balloons to be crisp and hyper-realistic, not photorealistic, because I want there to be texture. And, and, right, you know, right. A lot of meat to the, to the paint and those nice chunky highlights. Um, but uh, I like the idea of the, of the juxtaposition of the delicacy of flowers that eventually die and these words that eventually live on, but that therefore I want the words to not be um, uh, anything hateful or uh, negative. I want them to be something that people can live with in a good way. Yeah. And I think whether, this is a positive message. I love the message of it. Just, you know, move on. Don't stress about it. I mean, that's what I'm getting from it. Yeah. Whatever yeah, the issues. And yeah. people, people can, yeah, people can take whatever they want from it. You know, that's the nice thing about it. But yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's fun to come up with the compositions. It's, uh, so I have a whole list of other ones that I plan on doing, um, at some point. Um, 
but uh, tis the season to do small paintings to try to make money. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. what's happening next. Well, and that's kind yeah. of what I'm curious about is that, I mean, you're really brave to evolve. You've done three completely different things in seven years. And yeah. so that's admirable that you're just kind of going with, with the inspiration and you don't seem to be going the safe route. But yet F it's it, working right? out for you, right? <laughs> yeah. It's working out for you, you because know, everything you're doing is, it seems to be paying the bills and doing, you know, things are working. I mean, it's been, I have some incredible collectors. I've been very fortunate, but I also don't just sit back and let people come to me. I am very um, go getter. Like if someone reaches out about a painting, I will get back to them immediately you know right. i'm i'm definitely the person that i do it i do all the business side of my work hmm. um so i am constantly contacting people i'm constantly reaching out to past collectors i'm sending out you know paintings i've completed i i, I do a lot of payment plans with artwork so i'm always in you know taking care of those kind of things going on so um and i'm as far as like the, the variation of the work I'm creating, I always, and this is why I love teaching so much because I'm I, uh, very passionate about what I do, but I, I believe that if you have an idea in your head, you have to get it out there. Yeah, I agree. You have to, whether it's good or bad or whether it doesn't work out or not, don't get stuck in one and don't pigeonhole yourself. You know, mm -hmm. we're painters. We can create whatever we want. Yep. The world is your oyster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you're doing a figurative piece and you're just like, man, I really think like, I want to put like a cartoon bunny in there, put a cartoon bunny in there. I mean, what's yeah. the worst that can happen? Yeah. Paint over it. You know? So I think that that's been what I've been, my, my kind of mantra is, is just like, if I feel like trying something out, I'm going to go for it. If I want to do, you know, I just taught this workshop, a self-portrait workshop and it was Halloween themed, but it was kind of, I think they all kind of are just because we can kind of become anybody we want in these self-portraits. I want it to be a storytelling uh, class where you can be, you're telling a story with, with the self-portrait. Anyway, so I made myself this vampire and I was like, you know, I kind of want to like have this like smoky, like turquoise haze around me. And I kept thinking about, I was like, I'm just going to do it. You know what I mean? So right. whether it works or not, I just, I think that we shouldn't fear. Uh, I think eventually your work flows uh, together based off of your, your color choices, you know what I mean? Everyone has a temperament with the paint colors they choose. And somehow that fits together within your genre of work. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that. See, I don't wanna lead, <laughs> I certainly don't wanna lead my guests, but I was really hoping you'd say that because I've had the same experience in my work where, well, this, I don't know if you've had this particular experience, but I, it seems like throughout my entire career, some artists and non-artists alike have always told me, don't paint that, it won't sell. Don't paint that, it won't sell. And every time I'm just like, no, I gotta paint it. Like, as you put it, you gotta put it out. And those are the, always the ones that sell, the ones you're totally authentic about. Yes. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you just have they... to do what you love and people see, people yeah. feel it. And if, if you're excited about it, you'll paint it well. Yeah. And you, that means that people will connect with it. The story that you have are passionate about is what people will want to have because they you're putting something out there that they're connecting with about you, you right. know, and they, so they get a little bit of a piece of your story. And I think that's exciting, It is, you know, and, and people want to follow that. They don't want to see the same stuff over and over again. It's exciting to, 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 uh, push people's ideas of what they think that you are into a new direction sometimes.
Oh, I totally agree. And that's one of the things I love about your work is just, it is very authentic and you can tell you're in this constant state of exploration, which is really admirable. So Thank you. what I want to know a little more about before we look at your work more carefully, you mentioned that you're a go-getter business person. This is something I suck at. So, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that will listen to this podcast that also suck at it. So tell me a little bit more about that. What, what does that entail being a, a proactive business person? Yeah. So, I mean, I have to give my mom props. Everything I learned about going after things is from her. So, you know, she always says, what's the worst thing that can happen? They can tell you no. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you, um, if, if first of all, most collectors will become uh, uh, cr- like friends. reoccurring collectors oh, okay. and friends. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I sell so much through Instagram and I love it because do you really like connecting with my, I do. I wow. sell 95% of my work on social media. No kidding. I didn't know that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And it's because I like to have conversations with my collectors. I'd like to get to know them. I ask about their children. I send them holiday cards. Um, they become like family. I mean, I have one collector that probably has 15 of my paintings. You know, she's going to have a museum Shane Elevenson in her house at some point. Um, and I'm very grateful for my collectors, but you know, if someone's um, like, I am always looking on my Instagram messages because if someone's messaged me, uh, whether they can afford the work or not, I just want to give them the respect of messaging back. Number one, um, I get so excited if someone's interested in anything of mine, you know what I mean? I like, I still have that little bit of like imposter syndrome. Like, am I really doing this? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and so I think everyone has that. that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, uh, and I offer payment plans. I want my work to be collectible. I also want my work to go up in value, which thankfully it has a lot, but I also want it to be, um, collectible for people. So I offer payment plans. I'll offer, they can't afford that size. I'll offer to do something similar in a smaller size. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Um, so it's just, it's, not say not saying no, like not letting that no be permanent. <laughs> wow, that's you know great. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you're trying to make, you're trying to build a relationship, even if that relationship isn't obvious up front. Absolutely, I know so much about like collectors that have been collecting with me for a while. We, I know them so well, hmm. and um, and I love when people reach out, or even when if they can't collect, I just love when people reach out to tell me they love my work and they look forward to seeing it every day. So it's making sure you build relationships with people on social media in a way that just um, lets, lets them know that you appreciate them. But I think a lot of my collectors sense my excitement in what I do. And that I think is what makes them excited to collect my work. Yeah. So do you make it obvious on social media that these things are for sale? Yes. Okay. That has to be, I think, the most important thing that people, people are afraid of rejection. Right. Therefore, they don't announce that things are available or they don't want to reach out because they're afraid people will say no. But the worst thing they could do is to say no. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the worst thing that you can do is say it's available and no one reaches out to you. You know, there's like nothing wrong with that. But just by saying it's available, people are like, oh my God, they sell their work. I mean, I'll get messages from people and they must not look at all my posts and be like, hey, is your work available? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, that's what I'm doing for a living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And then immediately I'm like, oh, I haven't, do you do, do you use artwork archive? Me personally? I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Okay. It's this brilliant thing. It's like this uh, online website that's private mm -hmm. that you can let, you can put all your artwork on, whether it's sold or not, where it's been, if it's been in a museum, what gallery it's in, yada, yada, yada. And you can send out a list of whatever you want to show to collectors that reach out to you. So if oh my someone's gosh. interested in my Mylar balloon series, I can send them a list of just the Mylar balloon series through that. But it also does like accounting stuff for you. And I mean, you it's gotta great. be kidding I, me. No, it's like the best website. Um, David and I both use it. But when people reach out to see a list of my available work, I can just go to my artwork archive. I can click available work, send them an entire list. And they can just look over if it's like a gallery or if it's available through me, they'll see the price, they'll see the size. They'll and see a picture. The yeah, a picture, obviously. You could do detailed picture, you could do video, you could do all sorts of stuff. Oh my gosh, yeah, I've got to get that. Yeah. I am so bad so, about keeping track of my paintings. Yeah, so this is no, good. and it helps you keep track about where they are, where they're located, if they've shown, like if, you, if you've shown any of them in a museum and you want to have that in the history of where it's been before. You can also show what cl what collectors have it. So, you know, I'll ask my galleries, like, I'd love to have like a list of where my, where my paintings are located. So I have like a list of all the collectors that have each piece. So, yeah. Wow. That's a nugget right there that a lot of people are going to appreciate. That's great. Yeah. Great advice. I'm all about organization. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And your studio looks pretty organized too. We can't see a lot of it, but. It's kind of. It's, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like that messy organized. No, you know? it looks pretty good compared to some that's studios. That's like my, that's my like wall of like um, positive words, like empower me throughout the day. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, <laughs> let's go ahead and pull up uh, some of your work here then. We've, I mean, I've already shown yeah. some of this stuff. Um, but I'm going to click through here because I, I definitely want to get at least a taste of everything that you mentioned. You started out with the, uh, of your kids. Let's look at where, where can I see pictures of your kids? That would be in the sold, the very first page, probably. Okay. In the sold. Go that, yeah, that way. Oh, yeah. yeah. So this okay. is, the, that was the last painting I did for my master's. Awesome. And, um, Actually, uh, Fred Ross bought that painting. Fred Ross is from is the director of Art Renewal the Center. ARC. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's that's pretty flattering. Yeah. So let's see. Oh, and this what your daughter that, as well? Yeah. No, that's my neighbor's uh, daughter. So oh, okay. I was, you know, doing a series of of just paintings of kids in in a more serious way. Right, but it's in the same vein in the same vein and yeah. then i was doing stuff based, based off of like madonna and the child in a in a, a more contemporary way of me and my son this is when my when i was told that i wasn't able to paint my children so, so can you tell I, us about that or is it too personal <laughs> well my my ex-husband's a very private person and he oh. wants to be in control of my kids images so he gotcha. doesn't want me painting them until they're of legal age to tell me at 14 so right right um i yeah i've talked about this so i started doing these and he still got mad so i was like i guess i can't so okay um but you know because i'm very connected with being a mom you know being a mom and an artist are my identity um, right but you can do them and just I, not show them right yeah, but who has time for that? I have to make money. No, what a shame, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, people always tell me that. I'm like, but everything I do, I spend time doing because I want to do it, and then I want to put it out in the world. 
So, I mean, I eventually probably could sell it at, over time, but um, I have one more year for my daughter. She'll be 14 next year. And she was, she's so ready for me to paint her. Oh, 14 is the cutoff. Yeah, that's the age. Oh, at least it's not 18. No. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because my son and daughter, I have twins that are 18 now, and they're going to be 19 in a month and a half. And man, because of what you just said, who has time to paint your own kids? You got to make money. You got to sell. You got to yeah. sell paintings. Um. So I've 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 hardly ever painted them, except in paintings. Yeah, all of the that will sell. All the paintings I've done on my kids have sold and they're all paintings I've wanted to do. I haven't forced them. They've been pieces I yeah. wanted to make, you know, and I'm absolutely mama bear. So I wanted these pieces to really showcase my, uh, how I want to, I wish I could protect my kids forever, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a really beautiful painting. I think, uh, that's one Thank of my you. favorites that I've seen of you and your kids right there. But then Thank any, you. Parent, any parent can relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so then you did the uh, collection of uh, fabrics. <laughs> okay, so this is um, this is your first one in lace ever? This is the first lace one I did, yes. And I was like, when I started this piece, because this was my the my friend's lace uh, dress. Yeah. And this is my friend, Doriel Kami, who's a, a painter also. Um, I was like, I really need to make sure I, I do this dress justice. You know, I was so nervous. And I thought, what have I done? Like, why did this have to be this? What did I do? Why did I decide to do this? Because it was so intricate. Right. But I fell in love with it. I absolutely fell in love with the fabric um, and the, the amount of texture I could lay in there. Uh, and I wanted, you know, I've, I've looked at so much old master's work of fabrics that I was like, how can I approach this in a really unique way? And so um, I really started pushing the the texture and color. And then I started cropping out and just having the storytelling with just that with a mouth and the, and the body as opposed to the face um, with the lace. So I was, um, I started doing a whole series of kind of cropped lace pieces of all of my friends' uh, lace uh, dresses. So oh, that was kind of a back. long series. <laughs> long series of work yeah you did a bunch of those i mean i would like all of your other uh, fans i was following you doing these lace paintings and you did a lot of them yeah so this yeah one, so i started doing these really yeah, cool little ones thank you and just kind of storytelling you know as like little vignettes little little uh vignettes of of women and um and just playing with texture, playing with color within the lace and did a whole series of these. Um, and they just, they did really well. Yeah. Um, I therefore bet. I got burnt out. You know what I mean? I was mm -hmm. like, well, I think I did like 30 of these and I sold all of them. And I was like, I think I gotta, I gotta do something a little different. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised they all uh, sold uh, the translucency you captured is so cool. Thank you. How you can, yeah, there's the illusion of translucency. It's amazing what you can do with. Those are actually paint. all drawn fine lines. <laughs> Those were like yeah. all drawn. Really? Or painted in. So they're like hatched. Oh my God. I, but then I decided after I started doing those lines and then I decided I can actually do like a glaze, like a, a white glaze or a blue glaze and get the same effect. So I started doing that. Not that I was like trying to make it quicker. I just thought what... <laughs> Yeah. What gives the same effect? Did it work the same? All... It did. It did? 
Yeah, I've um, that's, it. that's interesting. I've always been weary of the white glaze. I'll have to give that a try. I didn't do it necessarily with white. I did it with like a video pale blue. Oh, okay. Um, I also did with I added I added a little bit of pearl white with from Rembrandt, which is like a super transparent, like pearlish light color um, that worked really well. Doesn't have zinc in it. No. Oh, good. Well, I'll have to look into that. So tell me about this one. This seems this to have more a, of a story than the other lace ones. Yes, this one is a big part of my story. This one is um, actually, so this David got this mask. I don't remember where he was when he got it, but I wanted to use it against the lace because I liked the harshness of the the different different storytelling. But this was kind of a story of me overcoming um a suffocating relationship, my, mm -hmm. you know, my past relationship and coming out of that. Therefore I titled it breathe again. And the hummingbirds are my children. Um, and, you know, I, I was starting to, I've been representing them actually quite a bit in other ways within my work, whether it's a, an animal or an object or whatever the case may be. So I've, I've used them quite a bit as hummingbirds in my, in my paintings and, and butterflies. That's really cool. I like that symbolism. Thank All right. you. So now I want to talk about your process a little bit because it seems to evolve too. And then your figures, you um, you had. Well, let me pull up a couple of your figures if I can find. Okay, it's perfect. Just got lucky. So your figures, you have this sort of um, hatching quality to your work where where you're almost drawing the forms. Um, I wouldn't say instead of painting the forms, but you're painting the forms in a, in like a drawing like manner. Um, but then when you get into the balloon and flower series, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like your painting approach is a little bit different too. Yeah. So how has that evolved? How has your approach to actually laying down the paint evolved? Well, within the skin, I want skin texture and with a balloon, I want softness. So, okay. you know, I don't need to have that. I don't need to have the mark making in the balloons the same way that I do in the skin. Um, and even, even with the skin lately, I've been starting off with a little bit of a larger brush and then going in with a really fine, fine brush and creating those weave brush strokes. I'm, I'm trying to create topographically. If you think of like, mm -hmm. uh, how the skin skin is like turning on a two-dimensional surface, trying to create three-dimensional form, I'm trying to think of how that form would be turning onto the skin. So I want those brush strokes to describe that. With balloons, because the texture is smooth, um, really that realism comes from the uh, the hard the hard shift from light to dark. Mm -hmm. You know that really bright shine value against a mid you know darker value much sharper than the skin than painting skin right right so i apologize i'm trying to zoom in here and it actually gets smaller when i do that so i'm gonna go back to oh the, you do yeah when okay. i when i click on it, it actually goes smaller so we'll just go with that there that's so weird yeah so okay yeah. so with this you're using larger planes lar larger masses of paint and then going from one tone to another more abruptly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So I'll basically start with that outer edge to try to get all the 
fine lines. I mean, I'm still approaching it kind of in the same way because I want those folds or wrinkles within the balloon to still look, have that texture. So you're, I'm constantly thinking of the texture of what I'm painting. So skin is going to be a little bit softer of a texture. So the variation within those lines of the balloon versus skin is going to vary. Mm -hmm. So the balloon folds are going to be harder, not harder, a little bit harder actually than a skin fold. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm, I'm absolutely approaching it in a way of, of the texture of what I'm painting. And as far as the flowers, like my flowers are actually getting a little bit more abstract, mm -hmm. uh, more so than this, like I'm painting them in and softening them in such a way that it's just kind of a haze in the background. Um, oh, really? And do yeah. you, you don't have any of them on your website though, do you? I have one here. Do you mean? Yeah, right let's over? see it. Yeah, let's see it. This one actually has no words in it at all. I'm playing around with kind of a more, this is a, I'm obsessed with Tondos. I don't know if you've noticed that. Tondos? So you can see like, yeah, circles. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I'm like uh, trying to center it. No, I'm going the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it's a little blurry, but okay. So, so a lot of it's how, unfinished. Like, no, I want it to be unfinished. Oh, so you're going so for kind I, of a want, graphic quality. I want this to be more real and I have it like in the background disintegrating. Oh, see, I was picturing it like blurry, but you made it more graphic. Yeah. So with these areas right here, as they go into the graphic are blurred. Right. It's hard to see. Oh, dude, that so is These cool. are all blurry. So this is more real than it blurs and then it gets graphic. So what inspired that change? That's a big leap from all realistic flowers. Um, just kind of explore, just playing again. I was like, I just yeah. want to try it out. Yeah. So I, so actually David and I, for our anniversary, we are going to do a paint, our first collaborative painting. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to do a Tondo. I'm going to do these flowers and playing around with real and soften and disintegrating flowers. And he's going to paint a skull in the center of it, mm -hmm. and we're going to combine it in some way, um, and then we're going to we're going to try to to sell it. Our first really? like, collaborative, yeah, anniversary piece. Oh, that'd be awesome! Yeah, you yeah. might be able to get a you might be able to get high dollar for that one. Since it's, it's such yeah. a rare thing. I know. know it'll be fun. I'm excited. Do you so, again exploring new genres? Yeah. Do you and David share some clients? Yes. Oh you my do. God. I'm, if I see, if I see a piece that David's done that I think a collector of mine, um, again, I'm definitely more the salesperson than David is. So I'm the one I'm like, Hey, I think you'll like this painting of David's. I'm like, and so, you know, I sell a lot of David's work to my collectors. No kidding. Well, you guys are a great yeah. team. That's, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. So, and, and David, well, David's so good. Oh, he's very, he's, so good. he's very talented for those who um, aren't aware. David Kasten's already been posted, so there is another podcast with him on there. So you check must it out. listen to it. Yes, he's very, <laughs> very sharp individual, very talented. Um, so I'm going to go back to and look. Let's look at your paintings again. Um, tell me about this one, the hand one. Yeah. So I, of course, love painting hands, and it's, it's stemmed since I was a kid. Um, I've loved painting hands. I like how hands express sometimes even more emotion than facial expressions can. Mm -hmm. um, this was actually a demo for an online workshop. I did do a lot of hand painting online workshops, which uh, 
did that people just love learning how to paint hands. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm always just exploring, expressing uh, something within hand gestures. Um, funny enough though, like my nail art was actually that nail art and the woman who, I started getting my nails done. This is such a girl thing. I started getting maybe a boy thing too. Who knows? I started getting my nails done when I started teaching online because I was so close to my hand while the demoing, like you could see my finger. I was like, oh, my fingers are, nails are gnarly. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I started. Yeah, that's not this guy thing. <laughs> I started getting them done and uh, it be, kind of became like, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I'm painting like my nail artist's art on my paintings. That's, that's um, awesome. So, uh, no, so I, I love, I like painting my hands because I have very veiny hands and I find them very interesting. The only frustrating thing to paint with my hands, and, and thankfully David guides me when he photographs my hands. I have what you call hitchhiker's thumbs. Oh, is that where they bend backwards? <laughs> oh, my son has that. Yeah, it's so bizarre. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where he got it from. I know. And so every time I'm photographing myself, it takes all of my mental, like, thoughts to pose my hands where my thumbs are not bending weird yeah <laughs> yeah and some people's elbows do that too and you have to be careful not bend their arms know. backwards yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah so um no i just i i love exploring hands people love buying the hand paintings because they just express a lot on their own uh without the face so, yeah they're quite um, beautiful so when you say how to paint hands um, and you do a workshop on just hands. What is, what do you see as the difference between hands and a face or hands in a balloon or what, what is it about think, hands that needs a special workshop? I think the anatomy of hands is really important to know. I don't, I think people kind of ignore the blood vessels that are flowing through all the bones that are going on in the hands and having that knowledge to understand what's going on underneath the skin is just as important in the face, obviously, but a little simpler, maybe in the face, not simpler, but you know what I no, mean? I think it's it just, is. There's, hands so are complex. Much, there's so much going on in hands. And so we go over everything. We go over the bones, we go over the veins, and then we talk about all the forms and um, people. I notice, you know, I want to create realism in hands people um, sometimes put too much information in hands. They mm -hmm. want to put every line in the skin and, and there gives this elephant skin effect. And so, um, I want to give people the knowledge of like what information you should put in there and what information you don't need to put in there. And honestly, it's all, I feel like it's really all about the anatomy that really helps with, you know, and obviously values and color and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, that's been a lot of fun to teach people. And, you know, also teaching people how to pose hands for paintings. I feel like you can always tell when someone doesn't want to, doesn't know how to paint hands, they hide the hand in a weird way on a figure. Yeah. You know, they'll put it like behind the head or like behind the arm, back or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think teaching people how to pose hands to make it, you know, make sense and, and uh, is, is valuable for people who want to paint hands in a painting. Yeah. And when you do these workshops, is this from photos from life or both? Uh, it can be from, well, it's from photos because it's one hand, one, oh, one right. grouping of hands. But, um, you know, you have life there because it's usually it's my hand. So I can go around and model for people. No kidding. <laughs> but I really wanted to. Yeah. And so I also give a, like a PowerPoint of, of dynamic hands that, that of, 
of artists that I follow that um, I think are a good uh, good to look at as far as expression of hands because and I'm again I I should have been prepared with artist names but there's an artist I follow who does these fantastic studies of dynamic hands where they're just they're stressed out they're grabbing for things there's just so much mm-hmm. going on in them I think they're so beautiful. So, um, you know, I did a painting of my friend Doriel. Um, I paint her a lot. She's a muse of mine. Uh, she's like grabbing at her chest like this and looking to the side. And her face is a little bit calmer, but her hands definitely show something different. And I hmm. think that that's kind of a beautiful way of um, of showing emotion. Yeah. Yeah, the reason I ask about the photo or life thing is because that's, to me, that's one of the most difficult things for my students and even for me is hands are the one part of the body that from life, when you're working from life, you can never seem to get them back in the same position. Oh, I can't even imagine. Oh my gosh, it's so tedious. It's like, okay, just move your pinky a little further to the right. Nope, a little further. Nope, now your other fingers move. Nope, now your thumb's moving. And it's like, yeah, they're, it's a nightmare from life. I think there, I think there's gotta be a point though, when you, you marry the pose that you're in and just having the knowledge of, I think the knowledge of the anatomy can help everything. Right. And that's why I say it's for students. It's particularly hard because it's in the beginning. It's like, it's not the same. (laughs) What am I going to do? I'm like, you got to fake it. (laughs) Well, it's almost the same with doing the portrait from life. You know I mean? Like, I'm sure you've had models where all of a sudden you're like, you were not profile when we started painting. Like, (laughs) now I'm at a profile. (laughs) You got to turn a whole other way. Yeah, no kidding. When we teach in other countries and our model doesn't know English and we're just like, uh, who can, can someone tell him to just move to the <laughs> yeah. left a little bit? Yeah, but at least all their features don't move independently of one another. That's the trick. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, right. Why hands. is your eye an inch lower right now? <laughs> that's the, the that's tricky right. thing about hands. Well, those are gorgeous. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely gorgeous. And then I want to look at this skull one, too. This is uh, kind of a unique piece. Yeah, um, I've done a lot of these skulls. Um, uh, the skulls kind of were inspired. I found this uh, company. They actually sent me a free skull because I painted the skull so much. Uh, skull Bliss. And they hand carved the skulls in the center. And for me, it looks like lace. Oh, and yeah, so I loved this I- Yeah, I loved this idea. So I did a, a whole series of these um, skull balloons. And my collector, she's like, oh, my God, I would love a skull balloon with flowers behind it. And I was like, done. I love that idea. Hmm. So... Um, so yeah, so I painted uh, one of the skulls with the the flowers behind it, and again, you know, the bone, the animal bone, is going to last forever, um, and the flowers uh, won't. So, um, oh, but yeah, the companies, yeah. So I love again. I like that play um, of life and and death. Um, hmm. But I I got a, a new skull from them that they sent me, and it's all mirrored. Mirrored. It's like all like mosaic mirrors shaping this oh, skull. Oh yeah. Oh wow, so that I'm sounds like, cool. I am so excited to paint that. I'm like, what am I gonna put in the like what am I gonna reflect in the mirrors? You know, there's so much that can come into that. So Oh my gosh, if you had the flowers in front in front and in back, right? it would be that'd be wild. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would be so okay. So that leads to another question that I have about these. So I don't know if you're familiar with this painting I did many years ago, like 2010. It's called Consumed, where it's like eight feet by six feet of all this stuff. Anyway, I remember leaving that painting 
and just being miserable from painting so much stuff in a, in a small space. And so when I look at yours, I think, okay, with these flowers, do you enjoy every last flower or at some point are you just like, I just got to get this flowers done? Or is it pleasure for every last flower? Because that's a lot of flowers in some of these. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for me, I find I had never been a flower painter, which is the weirdest part about me painting flowers. Like yeah. I just never painted. I never thought I would paint flowers. So I think because I'm approaching them abstractly with, you know, I'm, I'm kind of not thinking about the petal that I'm painting, but I'm thinking about the color that I'm painting. It takes away that tediousness. Oh, that's good. So you, you know, can enjoy so the makes, entire process. Yeah, because I'm also using colors that are fun. You know, I'm like, mm -hmm. these are colors I don't have in my palette on a normal basis. So I'm like, man, how am I going to get this green? Uh, and then I'm searching through all my old paints and I'm just like, oh my God, how am I going to get this color? So um, it's just kind of like fun color mixing, you know, and I don't even have to get it exact because like, who's going to know if the color is correct? Right. Um, but I don't, but I'll know. <laughs> right. And how do you set so, it up? Uh, do you just do it one flower at a time and design as you go? Or do you set up a wall of flowers? No a wall of flowers. Yeah. You literally so have a like wall I, of flowers. And then, and then you photo, I Photoshop, I'll Photoshop stuff. Okay. Um, and so move I'll them around. Things. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That so, so I, I've said this before, but I don't always have fun painting and that's sometimes it becomes work. Um, and, but that's just my personality. I'm so easily distracted. So that's why I'm always curious when someone does something that's so involved, if you really enjoy it from minute one to minute 1000 or however long it takes you. So it's really cool that you can enjoy the entire process. Yeah. I mean, there's there, I'm sure there are times, the only time I got uh, um, burnt out was before my show in the Hamptons when I had to have these paintings done mm -hmm. uh, by a certain time frame. And I was I was working like 12 hour days. Uh, and so over the summer and Painting I for 12 hours were, every yeah, day because it was there's I had three massive paintings I had for the show. Hmm. You know, I had I had F it. I had Slay and I had XOXO and and the the slay and xoxo were 34 by 66 inches um so they were massive pieces mm. and i i was working non-stop so it was that was the only time in my career i can remember getting burnt out because i was just like i just kind of want to sit on the couch and have a glass of wine right now <laughs> yeah that is yeah that's a lot i can't even so. imagine all of that flower painting <laughs> But you know, I mean, I speaking for one of your fans or speaking as one of your fans, it's well worth the time because they're, they're really cool. Um, I think this is my favorite series that you've done, this flower Thank you. series. Would, there's so many more mantras coming out. I'm sure your kids will get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really? Some slang that us old people don't really know. I know. I've been like <laughs> looking up like, there's like Kiki, which is like, the, you know gossiping and um or like the party the gossip i don't know there's so many like fun little sayings that i feel i feel like people are gonna love like gucci that's a big one that i'm going to be doing at some point i have a collector who is interested in, in me doing just gucci you know the word gucci but gucci gucci as the brand or gucci like, as a as, as a as slang the brand, word oh but it's also a slang word it is because that's so that's so gucci 
I've, yeah, I'm out of it. I'm so out of the loop, man. Jeff, I'm almost 50. Jeff, we'll have conversations. I'll teach you. <laughs> <laughs> and my kids are homeschooled too. So they're out of the loop too. They, they, they're just barely learning some of this slang now that they're out I'll of school. I'll get you guys all up on the, <laughs> on the slang. Yeah. Oh man. I just barely, I mean, it's like, uh, when people started saying, um, it took a minute, meaning like a year, you know, that's going to take a minute. Yeah. Like I, I'm just like, all right, that's, that's about the point where I'm just like, you know what? I'm done with slang. I can't handle all this new stuff. That makes absolutely no sense to me. <laughs> uh, no, it's, I'm like, it's, is it a minute or is it a year? It <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. I'd like to talk about this one. So yeah, yeah. here's so what I, I talk- like about this one. The cool thing I've done Chrome before I used to do figures on vintage furniture and stuff. And I would love to paint the Chrome yeah. of their leg, the legs of the chairs and whatnot. Because yeah. chrome is really not an object. It's it's just the room around the object. It's literally yeah. a formed mirror. And so, yeah. and it's so fun to paint for that reason. Has that been your experience yeah. painting these balloons? Yes. So uh, I've, I've sold these like basic shape balloons because of the backgrounds, you know, um, because of what's reflected in it. I have, there's a, a guy who owns a guitar store and he's brought a couple of them because you can see guitars hanging on the wall in the background. Yeah. Um, so um, no, they're like they're like little self portraits within the piece because it's me photographing these balloons on the wall. Um, I have this painting I want to do of David and I about this. Uh, I have the panel already prepped. I just have to do it. It's huge. Uh, it's going to be this huge uh, vintage boombox balloon. That's like super colorful boombox balloon, and on the sides are these re- uh, silver reflective. Um, uh, circles. And, um, when I was photographing, or no, David was standing to like, um, block something for me and he was being reflected in one of the circles. And I was like, I love that. I want to do a, a couple's portrait in the circles. So we photographed in the same place, him in one spot and me in the other. And I photoshopped it to where our reflections are in the metal, the silver part of the boombox speakers. And I'm going to be painting, you know, because and the beauty of this painting is we listen to music together in the studio. So I'm going to paint this mylar balloon with boom with a, a mylar boombox balloon with reflections of us as a portrait, a couple of uh, portrait of the of the artist couple. That's awesome. I think that's going to be cool. I can't wait to see that. But you know what? That brings up another question that I'm dying to ask you. Um, and I I should have asked David this during his, but I already know his answer because. David on multiple occasion has uh, said things like, oh man, it's so cool when the nerd like me gets the supermodel as a wife, you know, things like that. <laughs> and um, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he's definitely said things very similar to that. So asking him- I've, I've heard him say that. Yeah. Yeah. Asking him is sort of ridiculous because I already know how he feels, but what is it like um, being married to another artist and sharing a studio with another artist day in and day out? It's amazing. Really? You know, we don't always want to listen to the same thing. So one of us will have headphones on because, you know, he likes to listen to the news a little bit more than I do, which is like not very often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Dave, speaking of David's, David's harding me at the window right now. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? He's whipped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's awesome because we talk art so often, you know, I mean, it's, it's who we are as people. So to be able to share 
random ideas of paintings we want to do at any moment of the day um, when we're traveling. You know, we were just in LA and in Vegas, LA for David Show and Vegas for Little Getaway. And we talked art still nonstop, you know, hmm. of ideas of what we want to do and, um, you know, oh, paints we need to order or, you know, whatever the case may be. And, and I'm an ambassador with some companies and he's an ambassador with, for other companies. And so we're able to get supplies for each other, which is, which is a great uh, thing for us. Um, but I couldn't imagine, I mean, he, and he's so inspiring to watch, you know, he, uh, he's been working so hard on this really meaningful project and it's really inspiring to stand behind and be a part of, um, and watch him evolve doing. So, um, I think I'm definitely one of David's biggest fans. So, you know, I'm, I'm humbled to be able to share a studio space with such an incredible painter. And, uh, I just, I, I, I also love how he speaks about art. I think he's, he's incredibly knowledgeable. I learned so much for him, uh, from him as an, as a artist, but he's just, you know, he knows so much about art history and um, he's constantly trying new things and pushing himself. I mean, yeah. David has an, David has an abstract painting he's going to be doing soon. No, kidding. I mean, he's really he, no kidding. Hmm. Um, so he's because he you know, it, it's actually not far from his work because some of his older work and then the one that he just did of me. He had abstracts in the background. Yeah, that's true. Out. He just leaves well, out the figure and he's already an abstract. Right. Painter. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to be, exp he's exploring it, you know, yeah. who knows if it'll, if it'll work out or not, but it's something he's always been wanting to do. And I said, you have to just do it, you know, F it. Yeah. <laughs> and do you find that, um, you guys get ideas from each other, whether it be directly oh, yeah. or indirectly? Really? No, absolutely. He was a huge fan of this flower thing that I was going to do. I mean, it was, he kept saying like, just do one without the balloons in it. And I was like, okay, I'll try it out. And so, um, no, absolutely. You know, and hmm. he's such a supporter of everything that I want to do. And I, I do so many self portraits. I'm like, okay, babe, I need you to, I mean, literally when I did this vampire painting of me, um, it's over here. I'll just, I'll just turn it. Right oh there. yeah. That's the, I've, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so, um, I'm like, babe, here's my idea. I mean, he has to like put up with my crazy ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that painting yeah, he just like, did yeah, of you—that painting he just did of yeah. you was absolutely beautiful. Uh, it was—it's ep epic. It's an epic painting. Yeah, yeah. But you guys are both doing absolutely beautiful work. I mean, I can't imagine the amount oh, of creative—the amount of creative energy bouncing around between you two in the same studio. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, I, we we feel pretty lucky. I bet. So, what's next for you? Do you have any ideas on in the next two or three years? Oh my gosh, two or three years. Uh, <laughs> or is it just one painting I at mean, a time? I have so many paintings in my mind, mm. you know. Um, I have so many things that sometimes come to fruition and sometimes aren't ready to come to fruition because I'm not a good enough painter yet. You know what I mean? I have... Yeah. I have a, a lot of stories, I personal stories I want to tell and work that I need to evolve to get there. Um, but I, I'm excited. I, right now, I want to make work that makes people feel good right now. You know, I'm, I'm in this kind of positive uh, space of, well, I also, I mean, I say that I, I want to empower you people. So I, you know, I've been, I've been really thinking about what's been going on in Iran, and I've been doing some stuff that 
has been inspired from, you know, the women in Iran. So I, I want to do things also that are, um, that I think I have a, a, not a huge voice on social media, but enough that maybe I can uh, have people see things that can change something or help someone or, or raise money for something. So, um, yeah, I mean, keeping my eye out on anything I can do for social justice and, and making work that makes people feel good. That's great. So for aspiring artists, um, what would be your advice for those who want to become a full-time painter? I would say don't be afraid of failing. The worst that you can do is learn something new. No excuses, get in the studio. Even if you only have 10 minutes, get your paintbrush dirty. Mm-hmm. All right. That's great advice. I appreciate that. Well, Shana, it was a blast yeah. interviewing you. Thanks a ton for doing this. Of course. I had so much fun. Thanks for tuning in to the Undraped Artist Podcast. If you enjoyed it, subscribe. And if you could, leave a comment or review. That really helps the channel. Please share the show with your friends. And if you're feeling generous, consider a monthly donation at theundrapedartist.com. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you next week.